You know what time it is, the clock's not wrong All blown up on ringscoops.com We bring a unique take on the world of pro wrestling It's evident, no debate, we're better than we ever been We do it like no other podcast can We're the best, get hit with the suplex, man So don't get it twisted like a sharpshooter Yo, here we go, here we go Brainbuster, pile driver, moonsault, tombstone Superman punch to the dome Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, yeah, all right, all blown up on ringscoops.com. I am your host, that ringscoops guy, and uh, this week on All Blown Up, I'm going to touch up on my thoughts on what AEW did last week with their broadcast, Uh, my thoughts on uh, SmackDown last week, Raw last night, uh, some other uh, miscellaneous wrestling news, and a whole lot more. This is being uh, taped on Tuesday, March 24th, 2020, around 2 p.m. Pacific time. Just to kind of add a little date marker there in case, uh, you know, by the time you guys are listening to this, in case anything's changed, I want to let you guys know exactly when I'm recording this. Anyway, just going to jump right into it. Not going to waste any time. Uh, Last week's AEW Dynamite on TNT, and I know it's been a while since I've talked about AEW. On the podcast. Well, then again, it's also been a while since I've done a podcast other than the return last week, right? But anyway, um, AEW did their empty arena match or empty arena um, event, show, broadcast, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, however, the, the the biggest difference between AEW's take on the empty arena format and WWE's is that AEW sprinkled in some of their talent in uh, the crowd, so you kind of had the ambient sound of reactions. And this is something that I was hoping that the WWE would do. Whether it was some of the talent or just crew members or even a little bit of canned heat, doesn't matter exactly where the source was, as long as we had some kind of a, a reaction to what was going on, to what was going on in the ring and whatnot, right? But WWE didn't do that. AEW did, and I, I I thought that was a huge difference between the two, um, and I give AEW a, a lot of praise and a lot of credit for making the decision to do that. It's just weird to watch a wrestling match, and there's no reactions, and there's, there's just nothing. Uh, so just even if you had two people out there, just kind of like, you know, little claps here and there. You know, a boo or a cheer or just a groan, just something. Just you got to have something in there. Uh, audio is a huge component of professional wrestling. What you hear, not just what you see, but what you hear. Commentary, crowd sounds, entrance music, pyro, uh, the vocal variations when 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 the talent are cutting promos when the announcers are putting over the mood the tone it all makes a difference crowd reaction is a huge component AEW delivered that i give them a lot of credit on that i give them a lot of praise and i know AEW is not my cup of tea but i would give credit where credit is due man um, I, so a lot of the feedback that I've seen from a, a lot of people, including those that are like me, 
and are in the same boat where AEW is not your cup of tea. You don't really watch it a whole lot, but you keep small tabs on it. Even from those people, they were giving AEW a lot of praise for what they did. Hell, Jim Cornette had a, a, a hell of a positive review for AEW Dynamite. Uh, he loved the show. I didn't watch the entire show. I watched portions of it. But what I watched of it, it made a huge difference. And Raw and SmackDown, they don't have that. But I did see on Raw last night that they changed the camera angle. The hard cam now points directly at the stage. That makes a big difference too. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta fix the the audio there, at WWE. And that's just my opinion. Um, I think AEW knocked it out of the park with that, with with the kind of presentation that they put out there. I think they delivered. Uh, the <laughs> the the match with Riho on, on Dynamite, I. You know, it was all right. Um, it was better than some of the stuff that I've seen in the past. There was still, you know, a couple parts that maybe, you know, kind of go, ah, you know, it's a little hard to watch at times. But, you know, the overall presentation, you know, they, they put a great effort out there. Uh, I know it's harder to perform when there's no crowd because you have no reactions, um, you know, as far as the fans go, right? Um, for the talent, it's hard for them to perform like that. Um uh, as opposed to if they had 20,000 people in the crowd cheering or booing. It's a little, a little more difficult. But it is what it is. The circumstances that we're in, given the um, the age of the promotion, given how, how much of uh, exposure for television and all that kind of stuff that, you know, some of the talent have. You know, given every, every uh, bit of circumstance, AEW really knocked it out of the park last week. Now, I'm not shitting on WWE or anything like that. I, I think their shows have been all right. They've been enjoyable. They've been watchable. I, I'm not complaining about them. I saw the uh, the debut of uh, Brody Lee, formerly known as uh, you know Harper in WWE. Um, I thought that fell flat. I just wasn't into it. Uh, he was, you know, in the top three people that I I, I was thinking would be the exalted one and um not to say that you know oh because i you know because i thought it was going to be him you know it was going to you know it ruined it it didn't that aspect didn't um but not having a full audience to react to his debut kind of hindered it as well um i think his gear is ridiculous i think he looks he looks crazy out there um he debuted, he, he beat some ass, and then he just walked away and left his troops in the ring. I thought that was rather weird, a little unorthodox. Don't know if I like that or not. I'm kind of leaning towards not. Um, It just, I don't know, man. It just didn't, I just, I was I was never a huge fan of Harper in the WWE. Like the, the, like the four weeks they were giving him a push about four years ago. He started to finally click with me for a little bit, but then they they popped him out of that, and then they brought him back like a year or so later, and did the uh, the Bludgeon Brothers, and they just kept putting him and Eric Rowan together, and I was like, dude, let's see what these guys could do on their own. You know what I mean? I just got tired of it, and I just got tired of both characters. Eric Rowan's character was a little interesting until he had that ridiculous animatronic spider, and then of course it got crushed, like. You know, they just ruined that. They they could have had a huge, really good thing going on there. But uh, Brody Lee's debut, eh, it's all right. You know, Matt Hardy's debut, 
I thought that was very well done. Uh, having Vanguard come in, Vanguard one, it just sucks that there wasn't a full live audience to react to that thing flying around. But uh, I thought that was really cool. The way he debuted was a little uh, interesting. It it fit right up there with the broken Matt Hardy thing. Uh, it I am going to keep tabs on what's going on with that. I'm a little interested to see what Matt Hardy's going to provide for AEW. He's a big name coming in. He's a big name. Um, that's pretty much really all I want to kind of talk about with AEW. That I you know things that just stick out in my head. Um, well, one one other thing, uh, they did say that they're going to move their blood and guts match. They they want to have a full audience for that. They don't want to do that in an empty arena. And I think that's a phenomenal uh, decision. That's a phenomenal announcement to make. Um, I give them a lot of credit on that one too, um, because for for many reasons. I mean, one the the biggest one of all, right? You're not going to bust your ass for a match like that in front of no one. That's the kind of match that, that you're going to put your body on the line for a paying crowd. You know what I mean? It's like what they say on the indies. You Don't kill yourself for an audience of 10 people. Put on a good show. Put on a good match. Entertain people. But don't kill yourself. Don't cut your career short for an audience that size. There's a difference between doing that and then also still being able to entertain people. There's so many creative ways. Just like in matches. I mean, you, you don't... You can, you can tell a really good story without having to take a bump. Bumps, you know, should be used sparingly. You can do different spots. You could do, um, you know, creative ways of like holds and, and chokes and, and all that kind of stuff. You can tell a really good story that way. You can tell a really good story non-verbally. You don't have to kill yourself flat. And, and, and AEW is making the right decision on that. So that's my thoughts on, on that, on AEW and what they did. I'm going to move over now. To WWE SmackDown, and I, these reviews of, of like Raw and SmackDown and NXT, and actually before I get to before I get to to SmackDown, we're talking about NXT since uh, I'll go in a little chronological order since the last time I did the podcast, right? So NXT did something very interesting this week. They didn't have like any live matches at the Performance Center. It was a uh, a long look back, a long documentary style of the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa feud. Not just the feud. They went back far. They went back to when they were on the indies and how they got their tryout back in 2015. How they were paired together. How they started to gel together. They lived together. They did everything. And how that both their careers were going. How Ciampa got into the Cruiserweight Classic. You know what I mean? And then their journey along the way together. Going through and getting onto NXT. Becoming the tag team champions. You know, the big turn from Tommaso. Uh, it just every detail known to man about this. For the whole show. And it was interesting. To me, there wasn't a point that I was yawning. There wasn't a point that I was like, man, this is just, you know, it's just too much. And this is coming from a guy who's been very vocal on social media about, you know, they need to finally end this feud. 
I still think that after this match that they're going to have, I think they should separate these guys for a very, very long time. They've been feuding for far too long. Give us something new for both of them. But this was a beautiful presentation from NXT, and they didn't have one single fresh brand new match or, or nothing like that on there. It was a very well done uh, presentation. I thoroughly enjoyed NXT. And you know what? In contrast to what they were doing on AEW, where they were giving a lot of very fresh content out there, the production was off the charts. What I liked about what both companies did was that they were 180s from each other, which is good because you don't want something, you know, you don't want two shows going on at the same time that look like each other. So this was very smart from both companies to take the approach that they both did. Um, And I think that NXT anticipated that. Raw and SmackDown, of course, you're going to have the formula that they've been going on, right? But NXT now, in this situation, was able to still put on uh, a broadcast and have it be phenomenal. Now, granted, I didn't actually watch it when it was actually on on, on that Wednesday night, but I watched it later on when it was available on Hulu. It was, you know, obviously the Hulu version of NXT and, and same with Raw and SmackDowns. It's a little cut shorter than what it normally is. But from, you know, what I've seen from the clips as well. I mean, I watched the whole thing on, on Hulu. But from the clips that I saw, the reactions that I saw on social media from everybody, I think the majority of people enjoyed the NXT broadcast as well. Uh, I know a lot of people enjoyed the AEW broadcast like I'd mentioned earlier in the show, Jim Cornette put big praise on that. I know he's he's been a very a big opponent as to how WWE's been presenting, you know their their content on television lately. But I do think that there is room for improvement with how WWE does their stuff. Uh, but I'm giving them some credit for doing some trial and error. Because on Raw, they changed the the hard cam angle. They did some promos out of the ring. They did on the stage as well. It's just really good stuff. Um, And I'll get into that in a minute. So, yeah, I really liked NXT. But moving along to Friday Night SmackDown. The show opened up with the uh, introduction to this year's WrestleMania host, Rob Gronkowski. And, um, man, I, I don't know, man. This, this guy, Rob Gronkowski, comes out looking like a big goof. They cut a promo in the ring. Mojo Rawley was in there. Michael Cole was in there. Mojo and, and Rob, they, they cut this ridiculous promo... Rob was looking like a moron out there, dancing the way he was. The, the music, what, who picked his music? It, just, it was just bad. It was just very awful, man. I just, I don't know, man. I really I really don't know. Um, I mean, I'll give him credit. I give Gronk credit on being enthusiastic, having some charisma. But dude, like, make sense of it. You know what I mean? It was it was rough to watch. It was very rough to watch. Uh, King Corbin came out. He interrupted them. Elias then came out. You know they had a, a little situation. Um, Elias and King Corbin now feuding. 
uh, is interesting. I mean, you got two mid-card guys. Hopefully both of them come out on top. When you got two mid-card guys going at it, um, if, if both of them can come out looking better than they did going in, I, I think that's always a good thing. That's a very old-school mentality right there. Um, I know nowadays it's more of like you got two guys going at it. One guy has to reign supreme over the other one. Um, and in certain cases, I like to see that. But in most cases, you know, if you can elevate both guys, if you can elevate both superstars at the same time, that's a real good thing. It's just like, with you know, when you put a stable together, right? If if by the time the stable breaks up, if every member of that stable is is better than when they first formed, then you did your job. A great example of that was the Nation of Domination. Every single person on in that group was light years ahead of where they were when they first started the group. And that group lasted, what, two years? Two and a half years? That was a long time for a stable. Moving along on SmackDown, uh, we had Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Really good match. Um, the talent of, of, of everybody that was in this match is just underrated, understated, um, underappreciated by a lot of people. Uh, some of the, the best talent that I've seen in the world even without a crowd, these guys put on a, a hell of a match. It was uh, very solid. A lot of their moves, the the storytelling, very precise. And I'm very, I'm very happy to see Drew Gulak get the uh, the time that he's getting with this. Phenomenal talent. He has all the tools in his arsenal: the look, in the ring ability. He could talk. Uh, he's got the psychology. Uh, he's got all the tools of the trade to make it to the top, and now he's getting he's getting that that push, that exposure. It's good stuff, man. Then on SmackDown, we uh, well, I, I should probably say who got the got the win on that one, right? Uh, uh, Dan O'Brien and Drew Gulak they were able to make the comeback, uh, and uh, you know Cesaro ate the uh, ate the ate the ate the pin. So, Gulak and, and Dan O'Brien, victorious. Yeah. Uh, next, we saw Paige making an, annou- an announcement about the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 36. Um, Paige was doing a Skype interview. That's when Bailey and Sasha Banks interrupted. Cut a, a horrible promo. I, I, just, I didn't like it. I, this, this SmackDown, compared to the SmackDown before, was just it was night and day, man. This this wasn't wasn't a good SmackDown in my opinion. Uh, it was very cringy to watch this, but pretty much the the, the entire thing was that Paige announced that Bailey's going to defend the title against Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, Tamina, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. Of course, Bailey was a little upset with that because she has to defend the title against multiple people, and then Sasha Banks had a look on her face like, oh, well, we're best friends, but I have an opportunity to take your your title off you. So, again, we're going to see Paige, I mean, not Paige, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks kind of being torn away from each other. There's going to be dissension between them, and we've seen that plenty of times. 
Then we got The Miz and John Morrison taking on Heavy Machinery. Miz and Morrison, these guys are great. They're great together. Uh, You know, I didn't think that they were going to put them back together when, when they announced that Morrison was coming back. I honestly didn't. I didn't see that. I thought Morrison would go on the opposite brand and he would get a push, a singles push like The Miz was getting. But they put them back together. Uh, and I had I had reservations about it at first, but they've just been knocking out of the ballpark. You know, there've been a couple, maybe one or two times where I was kind of like, eh, it's not working. But for the most part, uh, you know, I agree with the decision. I think they're they're doing really well. Um, this tag team match, I I thought it was all right. You know, it was it was it was the the storytelling was what drove it. And, and that's important, especially with what we're going through right now. We need stories. We need some entertainment. We need some progression with, with everything. And uh, Otis going nuts, I, I, that, was, that was entertaining to see. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do next with, uh, with Otis. I, I feel very bad for Otis. You know what I mean? Um. They, I, I don't know, man. You know the the disqualification, everything. It just it worked out really well. You know, um, I, I liked seeing on the on the tight tron there, uh, Dolph Ziggler showing you know pictures of him and Mandy Rose and all that stuff. Otis just went nuts. It was just uh, you know I, I I hope that we get a huge payoff with Otis and Dolph Ziggler going at it. I really do. SmackDown ended with the contract signing, which was very swift. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't care for this segment. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was just straight to the point. Roman Reigns and Goldberg, they come out to sign their Universal Championship match contract for WrestleMania 36. They looked like they were just going to just start duking it out. Michael Cole, you know, he was in the ring as well. He was talking to, to both of them, asking them some questions and whatnot. Um, the big dog, Roman Reigns went down the laundry list of names that he's taken out and he's beaten them. And he said that Goldberg is going to be next on that. It was just interesting because they just got right in each other's face. They talked crap to each other. They signed the contracts. The table was flipped. They get closer to each other, which social distancing people, social distancing. <laughs> but, you know, and then they, they cut away and, and that was it. You know, and I've seen people say, oh, the staring contest was awkward way to end the show. How many times have they done that before? I mean, you know, it's effective. You're fighting somebody. You have something to prove against each other. You get up in each other's faces. That's that's what happens. At least they didn't start brawling in front of nobody. I mean, come on, man. It was was interesting, though, Roman Reigns (laughs) talking about, you know, the the head-butting and and all that stuff, you know, making fun of the concussion, which concussions are no, you know, they're no laughing matter. But uh, Roman Reigns, you know, took a jab at, at that, you know, the concussion that that Goldberg had after you know headbutting the door and whatnot, uh, bringing that up. And I, I think that's that's really cool and and crucial and very key to bring something like that up because that kind of adds uh, some uh, familiarity to Roman Reigns. So like when we 
see this, we hear this, and it's something that a lot of us fans talked about and complained about, joked about, laughed at, pointed at on social media and whatnot. We interacted with each other on, on that kind of stuff. You know, to see it being brought up like that is, uh, it kind of brings him down to our level. And I think that's, that's smart. I really liked that segment. SmackDown uh, this week was definitely, in my opinion, it was it was weaker than the week prior. But they still had some pretty good stuff. Um, I didn't care for the opening. Loved the tag team match with Dan O'Brien, Drew Gulak, Cesaro, and Shinsuke. Paige's announcement, a little weak. The other tag team match, it was all right. Um, good stuff to see with Otis. Good progression with, with Otis. And then the, the, the strong contract signing. Uh, it was a roller coaster. It was up and down, up and down, up and down. But SmackDown, that was SmackDown this week. Moving along to last night's Monday Night Raw. So the show opened up with Paul Heyman and, and Brock Lesnar. Uh, there was a video, well, first it was a big video package, right, about Brock and Drew. And then Paul, Paul Heyman cut a promo, uh, a very strong promo, with or without an audience. Paul Heyman can cut a great promo. Um, I thought it was very smart for them to uh, cut the promo uh, the way they did. It's very, very to the point and whatnot. Immediately after that, they showed a replay of the 2015 Royal Rumble match. With John Cena and Seth Rollins challenging Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was cool to show that match. It's been five years since that match has had aired. Uh, it's not like they showed anything in the last year. They showed something from a few years back, and it put over the fact that Brock Lesnar is a huge obstacle to pass. He in big match situations he performs. And I think that's the message that they were trying to send to us viewers watching this. And, you know, message received. Brock Lesnar is an absolute beast. And it should show as a a reminder to Drew McIntyre, who I don't know if he was in the back or sitting at home watching Raw, but Drew McIntyre had to have watched that match back. He's probably like thinking, damn, Brock Lesnar, man. That's a beast. The beast incarnate. That's why they call him that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, moving along here on Raw uh, AJ Styles challenging The Undertaker to a Boneyard match I have no idea what the hell a Boneyard match is but considering the circumstances that we have ourselves in with Wrestlemania and most likely it's going to be pre-taped the majority of it if anything is live I have no idea but there's that rumor. I'm going to get into that in a little bit, too. I got something to say about that. Um, I just, you know, I, this might be smart on many levels. You have a boneyard match. That means you can do something off-site. You could tape it off-site. You could um, mask what The Undertaker lacks uh, from a performance standpoint due to his, his age and physical abilities at this point in his career. Um... So, I mean, yeah, I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the match is, but, I, you know, throwing a stipulation like that in there, I, the name is kind of weird, a Boneyard match. But AJ Styles promos, too, had just been kind of lacking a little bit. 
ever since they they put them on Raw and they, they teamed them back up with the uh, with the Good Brothers, it just hasn't been the same for me. AJ was very strong on SmackDown when he was the champ that ran the camp. He was, you know, the guy that built SmackDown as, as he called himself, right? But anyway, eh, it is what it is. It's just a little bit more extra to add for the match. It set something up and, uh, you know, we just continue on with that. We had a, a tag team match on Andrade. And Angel Garza taking on Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Uh, phenomenal match. Andrade and Garza, they got the win. I know there was uh, a lot of people talking about the finish to that match. Um, this this was a very strong match. These guys really tore it down. It was... You know, if, if you haven't watched, go back... Find this match, watch this match. It was it was phenomenal. Garza and Andrade, uh, you know, the, the, in contention now for the uh, the tag team championship. Um, I know they're just trying to fill the card and whatnot, but the, these guys can go. And at this point, with what we're having to deal with, and what WWE has to deal with, who cares? If guys can go in the ring and they can tell a good story and they can just deliver top-notch performances, do it. Give it to us. We need this right now. So this should definitely uh, be a fun match to watch down the road to see Garza and Andrade versus Street Profits and whatnot, too. Speaking of Street Profits, Street Profits taking on Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Uh, Street Profits, obviously, they won by by pinfall. <sighs> After seeing such a strong match like Garza and Andrade, and then we then we see this, and and unfortunately the tag team champions involved in this too, so it makes the tag champs look kind of weak, uh, having to take on guys like that. Do we really need to be seeing matches like that right now? I I don't think so, but it is what it is, right? It is what it is. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Continuing to add heat, as you can probably hear my dog barking in the damn background. Uh, they have they're, th- This whole segment, it was short, sweet, and effective. Shayna Baszler talking about her motivation. She, she doesn't necessarily care about being the champion, but as long as Becky Lynch is not the champion, that's the point. And then, of course, Becky Lynch coming in and, and attacking Shayna Baszler and, and whatnot. I mean, this, this whole program... The, the heat, despite what's going on with the empty arenas and all that kind of stuff, the heat is just boiling with this program, and I can't wait to see these two go at it. It should be very strong. Then we saw Alistair Black versus Leon Ruff. Uh, yeah, I think it was a waste of time on this one. Alistair Black doesn't need to be having matches like this, especially in empty arenas and whatnot. It's just it was a waste for him. We saw some more stuff with uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Um, Kevin Owens has a, a failed WrestleMania track record. Seth Rollins bringing that up. Uh, I've been kind of a little you know tired some of, of of these two going at it, but this last night on Raw was very strong and it kind of brought me back into it a little bit. Uh, Seth Rollins delivered one of the best promos he has in a long time with this new persona that he has. 
His promos are being a little bit more precise. They're they're getting you know to the point where they need to be, and I thought it was it was kind of strong. Looking forward to uh, what what they got going on. Then we got a replay of Oscar uh, versus Charlotte Flair from WrestleMania. What was it two years ago? Right, WrestleMania thirty four. Um, really good match. You know, I know a lot of people didn't like the the outcome of that match. Um, I'm still on the fence about it. But just like what they did by showing the, the Brock Lesnar match earlier in the night, giving the message that Brock is dominant, this was uh, the same way uh, to deliver the message that Charlotte, at WrestleMania especially, uh, is, is a very dominant figure. And sending a message to Rhea Ripley that Charlotte is nobody to take lightly. You know what I mean? So I, same thing, it accomplished the same thing. I thought it was all right to pop that match on there. Then, of course, we ended the show, ended Monday Night Raw with Randy Orton accepting Edge's WrestleMania challenge. Orton cutting a strong promo. Uh, the chemistry between Edge and Orton is is well documented. It's not changed even in the nine-year absence of Edge in the ring. It just sucks that Edge's big one-on-one return match in nine years is not going to have a... a, a a crowd to perform in front of. It's very unfortunate. It sucks. Um, you know, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that, though. I mean, it just it sucks, man. It's a bad circumstance on that shit. But I, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what they can do with the match. That was a very strong close to Monday Night Raw. I think Monday Night Raw was was bookmarked by a good opening, a good close, good replays. He had a really good, strong, solid tag team match. Overall, Raw was not bad. Very enjoyable. It got the job done with pushing some stuff. Uh, you know, a couple things on there that I was a little miffed at, but that's to be said with everything. Nothing is absolutely perfect. So that's my thoughts on Monday Night Raw this week. Moving along real quick before we close out the show, I just want to kind of give some brief thoughts on some of the latest news to go down in the world of professional wrestling. One of the things last week that everybody was talking about, this was posted on PW Insider about three or four days ago um, on the 21st that they posted this, that they're going to be, uh, WWE is going to be taping some stuff through, uh, for WrestleMania. So I know like on Friday, they were going to tape... I believe it was Friday. What what was the twenty first? Was that Friday or was it Saturday? That was Saturday. Okay, so on Saturday, I guess they taped uh, SmackDown for uh, the twenty seventh and and April third. Uh, I guess on Sunday they were going to tape some content for future episodes of NXT, and then yesterday they had Monday Night Raw, and then I guess they taped. Um, I guess uh, yesterday and today they're going to be, you know, they did Monday Night Raw for yesterday and they taped Monday Night Raw for March 30th. And then Wednesday the 25th and Thursday the 26th, they're going to be taping matches for WrestleMania. And according to the report, it says WWE is also scheduled to tape material for WrestleMania at other closed sets. And then there's an update about that. Uh, It's about the same stuff. But anyway, so, you know, I guess WrestleMania is going to be taped. I've seen a lot of people talking crap about that. Oh, my God, WrestleMania is taped. It's not going to be the same. Dude, you know what? It is going to be. This. All right. You know what's not going to be the same is not having an audience. Not having, you know, the, the massive crowd that a WrestleMania has. But to say that because it's taped, 
that it's not going to be the same is ridiculous in my opinion. It really is. Whether it's taped or not, it's if it's the first time you're viewing something, then it's the first time you're viewing it, whether it's live or taped. Who cares? It's the same thing in my opinion. You know, that's all I got to say about that. You know, it really is. Another headline here. Um, top WWE star thinks he's done as a full-time wrestler. So Daniel Bryan noted on the Bellas podcast that he thinks he's done as a full-time professional wrestler when his contract expires. Uh, Bryan noted that he'll be taking six weeks off from WWE for maternity leave after Bree gives birth and then his contract set to expire a short time after that. Uh, Bree is expected to give birth to the couple's second child this coming August. Daniel Bryan stated that while he still expects to wrestle, that he believes that he'll be focusing full-time on fatherhood, leaving the idea open to performing once a month or so. I think that's smart. I really do. Um, he was fortunate enough to be able to come back two years ago. He had a very good run in the last two years. He now is going to be having a second child with Brie Bella, and it's something that they both have wanted, you know, to you know to get married, have kids, and live that life. He's going to he's going to be able to close his career on his terms, and he had a good two year run here. So more power to Daniel Bryan for it, and uh, I, I I give him all the credit in the world on that. Hulk Hogan settles the sex tape lawsuit. A confidential settlement has been reached in a hundred and ten million dollar lawsuit between Hulk Hogan and Cox Radio. In regards to radio personalities for their alleged involvement in leaking footage of his sex tape to Gawker. In the wake of his Gawker lawsuit victory, Hogan has sued Cox several years back, as well as DJs Mike Cowhead Calta and Mike Spice Boy Lloyd for conspiring to leak the infamous sex tape of Hogan and his then best friend and radio personality Todd Bubba the Love Sponge Clem's then wife Heather Clem. The video has been made without Hogan's acknowledgement and approval. So there you go, man. It's going to be settlement right there. They they settled. Hulk Hogan's going to be getting some money. He needs it. His wife took all of it. <laughs> okay, uh, what is this here? This is the headline. Update on the fate of NXT TakeOver Tampa. And when those announced matches will take place. Uh, this came out actually today WWE announced today that the matches originally slated for NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay will air will instead air on NXT TV starting April 1st over several weeks. Tomorrow's NXT episode will feature Triple H confronting Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa over the damage they caused the Performance Center in their brawl several weeks ago. That angle is set to will set the stage for the following matches. Adam Cole, who is the champion, versus Velveteen Dream. Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. And a ladder match to determine the top contender for the WWE NXT Women's Championship. You know, I like this approach. Um, it's not given it all at once. They're they're going to give us takeover uh, quality matches and finishes and whatnot over the course of, uh, you know, two to three, four weeks. I think it's a smart decision. Um, I'm looking forward to it. That provides a lot of content. It stretches the time out. So hopefully everything going on in the world gets a little bit more settled and back to normal by then. 
and they've got a lot of content in the can and they could produce some really good stuff right there. And the networking, uh, not network, but the company, especially the NXT brand, could stay afloat for a while. So I think it's uh, good stuff right there. And finally, the last headline here, WWE Network no longer available in Saudi Arabia. The Ask WWE Network Twitter account uh, tweeted out, Hi, thank you for reaching out. Our sincerest apologies for the inconvenience. WWE Network will not be available in Saudi Arabia until further notice. For more information, you may go to and then they provided a link. So, yeah, WWE Network is not in Saudi Arabia, which is very interesting considering the deal they have in place for you know live events and whatnot and the, the, just the business that they do together. So now, like, they're not even going to be able to be shown in Saudi Arabia. It's really weird. But anyway, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, that's this week's All Blown Up. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to keep checking out ringscoops.com for more updates on, uh, you know, new podcasts, Twitch streams, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Instagram and Twitter at ringscoops. ProWrestlingTees.com slash ringscoops. Twitch.tv slash ringscoopsguy. And, of course, YouTube.com slash ringscoops as well for content over there. I'm going to be doing some Slam and Jam streams on Twitch. I have a Women's Championship Tournament and a United States Championship Tournament to do. Last week, I broadcasted uh, a live two-hour Slam and Jam event called Cabin Fever. And the archive of that is now available up on YouTube if you'd like to check that out. And I'm going to be providing a lot more live stream content as well. And, of course, more podcasts right here on the Ring Scoops podcast feed. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I am that Ring Scoops guy saying thank you, good night, and be cool. <laughs>